Friendship isn't the big things, it's a million little things. Hello friends, and welcome to this, A Million Little TV Shows podcast. I'm Mike, and I'll be delving into TV shows that I feel don't seem to get enough love. Over the course of the pod, we'll break down episodes and talk about my thoughts and feelings on the shows. This episode we'll be dealing with A Million Little Things Season 1. The cast includes David Gintoli as Eddie, Romany Malco as Rome, Alison Miller as Maggie, Christina Moses as Gina, Christina Ochoa as Ashley, Grace Park as Catherine, James Roday as Gary, Stephanie Shostak as Delilah, and Ron Livingston as John. And I apologise to any of those people whose names I got probably terribly wrong. So, welcome back. This is episode 7 of A Million Little TV Shows podcast, and today we will be focusing on episodes 14 to 17 of season 1 of A Million Little Things. So, let's get into it. So we'll do a little recap first, and we'll talk about the main characters. So let's start with John, since he's the one who kicked all of this off. John is a main character outside of the main characters, so to speak, but he's the one that connects them all. So he was a successful businessman, but after a deal went sideways, he felt that his only way out was to commit suicide because he knew that his insurance would help out his family in the long run. John was married to Dee. They have two kids together, one called Sophie and the other is Danny. Dee was having an affair with Eddie after feeling neglected by John for so long. But this was due to the fact that Dee was trying to deal with so many different problems and especially being busy at work. And Dee is pregnant with Eddie's child. They're trying to keep it quiet so that the kids don't find out and they're trying to let everyone know that it's John's. Sophie has had a hard time dealing with her dad's death but has started to come around to it after finding out that he had a plan all along for them. Even though she misses her dad, she knows that she has three substitutes in Gary, Rome and Eddie. Danny, however, feels that if his dad had found out that he was gay, which he's just come out about, his dad would have killed himself. But he now realises that that wouldn't be the case. His dad would have loved him unconditionally. We'll move on to Eddie next. So, Eddie was having an affair with Dee. He is a former singer in a band, which was quite successful in and around the Boston area and has done tours with several different bands. Eddie is married to Catherine, who is also in a similar situation to John, where she works all the time, and therefore her and Eddie started to have issues, which then led to the affair with him and Dee. Catherine and Eddie have a son called Theo, who has had struggles of his own, but has tried to keep himself to himself and not let his mum and dad know that he's been having struggles. But he seems to be a very sensitive child, And generally they know that something's wrong and he eventually lets it out. Then we have Rome and Gina. 
on the day that John died, Rome had a mouthful of pills. And it was only at the time that he found out John had killed himself that he spat them out. He suffers with depression, but has decided that he wants to come off the meds that he's been prescribed. This has been a bone of contention between him and his wife Gina, and also their friend Maggie, who is a therapist. Gina is a very successful chef, who has just been given a restaurant as John's final act. And she runs that with Dee. But she has been having troubles finding investors and has gone to her mum to try and get some help in that regard due to the fact that John's deals went south and now Dee needs the money to help get her out of the hole that she's in. Finally, we have Gary and Maggie. Gary is the joker of the group. He is the one that tries to bring levity to every situation, but he's also the one who is most protective of everyone. He has had a hard time coming to terms with what John did, but he's also been looking into his case and trying to find out more information about what's been going on and why he ended up in so much debt, including finding the identity of a woman named Barbara Morgan. Gary is also a breast cancer survivor, and he met Maggie in a cancer support group, and immediately they hit it off. Maggie, as I've said, is a psychologist, whose main area of expertise is depression. She moved to Boston from Chicago due to the fact that she was just hoping to live out the rest of her days after her diagnosis of cancer came back as positive. And she didn't expect to meet anyone out there. She just expected to enjoy the time that she had. She then met Gary and the rest of the crew without John by this point. She actually went to his funeral the first time they met anyone. She is now an integral part of the group. And after some umming and ahhing about whether she wanted to get treatment for her cancer, she's now started chemo and things are starting to go well for them. Episode 14, Someday. So the best place to start on this is probably the subplot where we are looking into Barbara Morgan. Gary is going through John's things and finds an address for this woman, Barbara Morgan. But when he goes to the house, he finds out it's owned by the Nelsons. He knocks anyway to try and find out if he can get any more information about the previous owner. But the woman inside, played by Drea Di Matteo, tells him that Barbara Morgan no longer lives there. Gary accepts this and leaves, but as he does, we hear Mrs. Nelson's husband in the background yelling at her to stop talking to these people. We also find out that Ashley... John's assistant has already been there previously. It's getting close to Dee and Gina's restaurant opening. They still don't have a liquor license and they also don't have a certificate of occupation, which means they can't legally serve alcohol on the premises, as well as they shouldn't really be in there running a business. When Dee was away, when Dee went away with Maggie, so Maggie could do a talk at the university in a previous episode, Dee ran into a man at the gas station who began flirting with her, but when he mentioned the name of his restaurant, Dee retained that information. She tried to contact him over social media, but actually found that he was the owner of four different successful restaurants. So she's decided to contact him and pick his brains about the launch of the restaurant. So after Dee meets with this man, called Andrew, he manages to help them both get not only the liquor licence that they need, but also the certificate of occupation so the restaurant can open, but this makes Gary very suspicious. So the reason that this all came about with Dee is because Gina has been having issues with the investors that she's got. 
She thought the money that had been invested was coming from her mum, Shelley. But after she received an email from her uncle, she spoke to her mum and her mum confirmed that the money was actually from her uncle. Now her uncle was just wishing her well and wished that he could be there at the restaurant. But Gina isn't happy about this. And when she finds out that the money came from her uncle, she walks away and tells Dee she can't do this. This this restaurant can't open. So Maggie and Rome go and speak to Gina. And while they do, Gina tells them about the time that she was 12 years old and she wanted comfort from her uncle because she'd had a bad time at school. And when she asked him to comfort her, he asked her to take her shirt off. And she did just that because she just wanted to be accepted and loved, and he took advantage of that. Gina went and told her mother about this, but her mother told her that she was probably just provoking him, and it didn't mean anything, and that nothing really happened. So for the longest time, Gina had blamed herself. Maggie told her that this wasn't right, and that this was sexual harassment, and that Gina's mum was in the wrong for dismissing her the way that she did. Gina knows that her uncle's in hospital, and decides to go to see him with Rome and Maggie. Once they get to the hospital, they're trying to get into the room where Gina's uncle is, but the receptionist won't tell them a thing, so Maggie manages to find out where he is. She tells Gina, and Gina goes and finds the room. When she gets to the room, she finds it empty. At that point, the ensuite opens, and a man comes out cleaning it. She doesn't understand what's going on and she asks the doctor who just comes in where her uncle is and he tells her that he died already. Gina goes and sits in the waiting room expecting her mum to come through because the doctor already addressed her as her mum's name. When her mum turns up, Maggie tells Gina that maybe she wasn't the first one to experience this, that maybe in the past there had been a pattern of this and the person that he probably started this with was her mother. Gina goes outside and confronts her mother and after some denying, her mother breaks down in her arms and you can see that this has happened to her before and she just wanted to deny it for herself and for Gina. Once they go back to the restaurant, Gina tells her mother that the money that came from this is going to go to a good cause and it's going to go to a woman's shelter. So Eddie's now back off tour when he first sees Gary, Gary tells him that Maggie is now one session away from being able to go into surgery and have the tumour removed. He also tells him that he has started to use a PI to look into this whole Barbara Morgan thing. Eddie and Gary go down to the restaurant just to see if they can help out in any way. And Eddie sees Dee for the first time and sees how far along she is. While at the restaurant, Gary keeps mocking Eddie for not having the rock star experience while he's been on tour. According to Eddie, he's not slept with anyone and he's just had a very chilled time while on tour. Gary then realises that maybe he hasn't slept with anyone since D, and that was probably the day that John died. Eventually, Eddie and Gary go back to their apartment and Eddie meets the PI, who as soon as she meets him realises who he is and that he was in the band. So she starts talking to him and flirting with him, and he flirts back, while Gary's in the background trying to make this happen for him. So eventually Gary decides that he's going to go back to the restaurant and leave them to it. And when he does, Eddie and the PI start making out. But Eddie stops it after a moment because he just can't, and she accepts that. 
she can see that he's not over the person that he's been in love with all this time. A little while later, Eddie calls Gary because the PI has received some vital information. And it's that an art dealer downtown has been selling artwork of this woman called Barbara Morgan for a long time now and sending money to a certain address. And that address is the one that Mrs. Nelson now lives at. The positive note of the episode comes at the end when Gina's restaurant finally opens called Someday. And the night's a massive success. Everyone pitches in, all of her friends, and finally Gina gets the flowers that she deserves. Episode 15, The Rock. So Rome's dad shows up out of the blue. He starts talking about Rome's brother, Omar. During this conversation, it seems that Omar has come to stay with his parents, but they're currently having some renovations done. So Rome's dad asks, would it be okay if Omar came and stayed with you? Instantly, you can see that there's tension between the two of them. After some manipulation tactics from his dad, where basically tells him, I'll put him up at a hotel at our expense, Rome caves in and says for a few days his brother can stay with them. When we meet Omar, he actually seems very pampered and it feels like he's his parents' favourite because they're always sort of bending over backwards for him and lending him money if he needs it or giving him a place to stay when he needs to stay. At the time, he is telling everyone about how he's selling T-shirts and does seem like a bit of a businessman but he seems like a bit of a wheeler dealer as well you can't tell how far this t-shirt business goes whether it's big or whether it's small at this point omar admits to rome that he's been having troubles with his marriage and that's why his wife isn't there with him in boston so when rome tries to get on his brother's level about his depression omar just cuts him off and doesn't let him speak and it seems like he's very self-involved as well. Rome invites his dad and his brother down to the restaurant to go and get some food. But when he does, Gina was expecting a food critic to be in the restaurant on that day. So she's trying to save face and be out front and make sure that she's seen as well as keeping everything in line. This includes Rome because she knows that Rome... He's going to be having a hard time with both his dad and his brother there due to the fact that his brother is a a little bit spoiled. And she was right to be worried because Rome starts blowing up at them and she has to come over a few times to try and settle the situation. Eventually, Rome just walks away. He's angry at his father because his father mentioned that Rome was on antidepressants and Rome felt like it was a dig at him. Rome's dad follows him and... Eventually, he lets him know that the reason that they help Omar so much is because Rome doesn't need it. Rome's the independent one. Rome's the one who's got his head screwed on. Rome is the one that is smart, and they know that he's going to be okay, whereas Omar is essentially a bit of a fuck-up, that he's not doing well. He's being flitting from job to job, and he just needs a bit more help and assurance than what they know Rome does. They've got every confidence in Rome. And it's here that Rome realises that. Eddie and Catherine are sorting out their divorce and they're deciding on who's getting what and what's going where and, and of course, who's going to be getting custody of Theo. At this point, 
the situation of legal guardian comes up as well. The person in charge of the case asks, is it still going to be the Dixons who you've got written down here? To which they say, no, because John died. So the lawyer says, oh, I, I understand. It can be difficult leaving the child with just a one-parent family. And Catherine says, it's got nothing to do with that. She's an impeccable mother, but she slept with my husband. So they now need to find a new legal guardian. They begin discussing it, and they know that Gina and Rome don't want a child. Catherine doesn't want to leave him with her mother, but also the only viable option is Gary, and Catherine doesn't want him to be raised by Gary. So after the meeting with the solicitor, Catherine gets angry at Eddie and drives off mad. And it's only later when we see Eddie driving past the scene of a car wreck that he realises that that's Catherine's car as he's waved past by the police officer in charge. He sees Catherine in the car and obviously rushes out to try and find out what the hell's gone on. It seems like she's been sideswiped by a car and gone over onto a roof. She's been put in an ambulance and taken to the hospital and Eddie decides to go with her. But Eddie was meant to be helping Dee with some baby equipment that day and doesn't show up to meet her. The reason that Catherine is so angry at Eddie is because essentially essentially, they had the perfect guardian for Theo in Dee. Even if John wasn't there, she could have done a lot for Theo, but he literally fucked her up. But later on, while they're still arguing about this, Eddie takes a phone call from Dee and explains the situation that he's still with Catherine and he needs to make things good with her. She's been in an accident. He has to be there for her. And Catherine hears all this and realises that maybe she made a bit of a mistake here in not listening to him. Maggie is on her last session of chemo before she goes into surgery. Gary comes in, as always, to give her that moral support. And while he's there, he sees a lady named Linda, who he knew from his time having chemo. He has a bit of a laugh with her and in true Gary fashion, he just tries to bring everyone's mood up. He decides to do something for Maggie that is off her bucket list. And it's the final thing on her list, and that is go to Plymouth Rock. But this is one of those classic episodes where two of the main characters are trying to do something and everything else gets in the way and they're distracted by everything and everyone around them. But because they're such good people, they just go and do everything for their friends. So first things first, Rome and Gina call and ask if Gary can drop off the blow-up bed that he's had from them before. Because Omar's going to be staying. So they have to take that over to Rome and Gina's place before heading out to Plymouth Rock. So they do that, and as they do, Gina finds out that Catherine's been in an accident. So she asks, just before you go, can you take some meals round to Theo and Catherine? Because she's trying to obviously look after them as well. So Gary and Maggie agree. They go off. They take these things round to Eddie and Catherine's. But while they're on their way round, we see that Danny has gone on a date that Dee has took him to. And he's with Elliot. So Gary shows up at Catherine's and gives them the food again is very very Gary he's just laughing and joking and playing it up but by this point 
Catherine's realised that he's probably the best person for the job. And so asks him outright in front of Eddie as well whether he would be interested in taking Theo on. And of course he says, oh, you know, there's plenty of better people out there, blah, 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 blah. And he's he's trying to brush it off like it isn't a big deal for him, but it's a huge thing. And then Maggie turns around and says, you're the best person for this. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here a year on. You're an amazing person and you deserve that to be recognised. And Gary agrees that he will take over as Theo's legal guardian, should anything happen. Not long after this, we see that Danny's date didn't go well. So when Maggie and Gary are back on the road, trying to go to Plymouth Rock, they get another phone call from Dee. And she says that Danny's not coming out of his room and he's upset. He's been on a date and she doesn't know what's going on. And could Gary come and talk to him? Gary says, sure, I'll come, but we're going to Plymouth Rock first. And he looks at Maggie and Maggie's just like, nope, we're going now. So they go over to Dee's and he goes upstairs and he speaks to Danny for a bit. And again, just trying to make people laugh. Doesn't matter what kind of answers he gets. He knows he'll get the answers eventually, but he just wants to make Danny laugh. Danny tells him that Elliot's not as out as he is. and his parents would be funny about that. But earlier on, we see Dee has basically outed him. Not in front of anyone, but it's still out there. So he was uncomfortable with the whole thing. So eventually they go and they get back in the car and Maggie says that she doesn't need to go to Plymouth Rock. That that was a thing that her past life wanted because she didn't think she'd have a future. So now that she has all these amazing friends and all these incredible memories to be had. She can go to Plymouth Rock anytime. She doesn't need to right now. While he was at Eddie's, Gary saw a puzzle that Linda, the cancer treatment patient, really enjoyed doing. So he asks if he could take it. On their way back to the house, they decide to pop into the hospital to give her this gift. When he goes in, he sees the nurse on call and the nurse says that she didn't make it. She had a massive aneurysm and she's died. Gary comes out to the car and he tells Maggie that he managed to give Linda the gift, but he didn't. And then he tells her that they're going to Plymouth Rock right now because life's short and they need to do it. And you can see that he's trying to keep this from her, but he's obviously hurt by it. Just as the episode comes to a close, we see Mrs. Nelson and she's at D's sat in a car outside. Her phone rings and it's Mitch, her husband, and he tells her to let it go. But she tells him she needs to know she's pregnant. At the end of the episode, there is a tribute and it says to all the Lindas that we've lost. And it's a picture with names of cast and crew who have lost loved ones. And it's a very sweet and loving gesture. Episode 16. The Rosary. So Mrs. Nelson starts stalking Sophie. Just as Sophie's about to go on a run, she bumps into her and makes up a story that she knew her from the 5K. She says that the story inspired her and she also has a similar situation to Dee in the fact that she was pregnant when she lost her husband. So she tells 
Sophie that if D ever wants to contact someone and needs to speak about it, maybe she could contact her. But she doesn't have a pen to write a note. So Sophie goes into the house and takes Mrs. Nelson, who is now being known as Emma, into the house to go and get a pen. At this point, Dee comes home and Emma is just edging towards going to talk to her when all of a sudden she sees that Gary's there too. She backs away. Sophie comes from finding the pen and says, there's someone here to see you, but Emma's already gone. So Gina's restaurant, Someday, gets an incredible review, but she gets very bothered by the fact that Andrew's name is mentioned as doing marvellous things with the restaurant, even though they mention that the food's incredible and the service is impeccable and the decor is amazing, which is all down to Dee and Gina. The head chef is mentioned, but only as an afterthought. It's here we see that Gina is getting hugely annoyed at the fact that Andrew has more involvement within the restaurant and it's testing her patience. It seems that every time he does something to try and help, it gets her back up. Maggie and Gary are trying to be as positive as possible. It's surgery day for Maggie. She's very nervous and she tells Gary that she forgot a rosary that her mother had sent her and that if her mother ever asked that he should tell her that she had it all along but she plays it off as not being bothered about it even though Gary sat there in his lucky brewing hat which is the one that John gave him when he was going through his chemo treatment. He goes off to get some ice chips but when he's on his way back Maggie's already been taken from the room. He chases her down through the hospital and they're ready to take her into surgery. She gets them to stop the gurney and asks Gary why didn't you tell me about Linda? And it was just because he didn't want to worry her about any of this. And she found out via text that Linda had died on the day that they'd seen her. But Gary tells her that's not going to happen to you. You're going to be fine. And they wheel her off into surgery. Gary leaves the hospital knowing what he's got to do. He goes back to the apartment and finds the rosary. And just on his way back, he finds a decent spot on the level that he needs to be on. And just as he's about to try and park in there, he waits for someone to come out of the spot so that he can take it. And just as he's waiting, someone comes in behind the car that's leaving and takes the spot. Gary's obviously pissed off and starts yelling and screaming at this woman from his car. Eventually, the woman just goes inside and leaves him to his rant. Once inside, he goes and sees Rome and Eddie, who are both with him in the hospital. And he begins to tell the story of the annoying woman who just stole his parking spot and she was so rude, all this. And then the woman appears, played by Mallory Hardin. And of course, it's Patricia, Maggie's mum. So he tries to make amends, but in true Gary fashion, he runs his mouth, he fucks it up, and he basically tells her that she's a bad person because she stole that parking spot. They get off on the wrong foot, and it's just not the day for either of them to be causing each other stress. While they're in the hospital, Eddie receives a call from Catherine via FaceTime. It seems that her and Theo are on a field trip to an aquarium, but the day seems to be a disaster. Theo's forgotten his lunch. He's going to have to share the one that his mum's got. He also starts having a nosebleed just as the tour's about to start. They rush him off to the bathroom and get him cleaned up, but by the time that they call Eddie, the day is a little bit of a write-off. 
Theo's acting up. It should have been Eddie who would have took him to the aquarium. But with everything that's going on, his dad just couldn't do it. But while they're on FaceTime, there seems to be a bit of a spark between Eddie and Catherine again. They're exchanging glances that generally a divorced couple wouldn't be having. So we go back to Maggie and the surgery. We go back to Maggie and the surgery. There's an emergency call over the tannoy, which Gary instantly takes as a bad sign that it could be Maggie. The blood type is shouted out. Maggie's mum realises that that's Maggie's blood type too. They both start having a little bit of panic. The surgeon comes out and they begin to speak to him and they ask whether Maggie's okay and whether the emergency was for her. And he says she's not okay, but that is due to the tumour's positioning. It's just a little awkward, but nothing too concerning right now. So thankfully the emergency blood transfusion wasn't for her. So now Gary starts being positive for her mother, but she is still a little bit wary of Gary at this point. With Rome also at the hospital, he has got the first draft of his script with him to try and review it while he's at the hospital. But within a short time of him being there, he loses it. While trying to search the hospital for the manuscript, he eventually finds it in the hands of a young man called PJ, played by Chandler Ricks. And when he sees the manuscript, he asks for it back. But PJ starts to ask questions about it and he's interested in what's going on and he asks him if it's about his own life. Rome's taken aback by this and is quite happy to divulge more information but he wants PJ to carry on reading if he's that enthralled. Catherine eventually gets Theo home and he admits that he's having a hard time with the divorce and he takes it out on Catherine but as soon as he does he feels instant remorse. He can see that his mum's going through a lot He shouldn't be doing that to his mum. And he asks for a punishment. To which Catherine replies, The fact that you feel bad about this is your punishment. Now, I forgive you. And whatever happens, I'll always love you. But I am mad because of what you've done. And how you've acted today. And he accepts it. And he goes to his room. Patricia's annoyed with the fact that Gary left the hospital. And that's why she's been a little bit cold to him. But when he comes to see her... He explains that he had to leave because he needed to get the rosary for Maggie. And that's why he was so angry about the fact that she'd parked in the spot that he needed when he got back. And they start to bond while they're in the chapel. PJ lets Rome know about his script and how it's actually spoken to him and how he feels that it would be an incredible piece of work. It seems that PJ's been having these struggles as well, the same as Rome. So Rome Rome begins to see that he's not alone in this, but also that he can help. He keeps seeing a number for a suicide hotline in the hospital, and he calls it and asks for information about how he can apply to be a volunteer. When Eddie goes over to sign the divorce papers, he and Catherine get to talking, and she begins to realise why he did what he did, because she did the same with Hunter. She got lonely and she needed someone to be there for her. But while he's there, he does sign the divorce papers, and she tells him that she'll file them in the morning, but they almost kiss at the same time. Rome decides to give his script to Gina, because at the beginning of the episode, she asked whether she could read it, and now he knows that it's good enough for her eyes, he allows her to. The surgery is a success, and Maggie as well. She's a little groggy coming around from surgery, but she sees that her mum and Gary are both at her bedside. It's at this point she realises that Gary and her mum have met. After her mum leaves, Gary asks Maggie if she'll move in with him. 
he tells her that there's no need for her to pack because she's already packed and she accepts. Dee is caught by Sophie looking through some of John's things from his apartment and she's looking through a photo album from when he was at college. In the book she sees this woman and she says, that's Emma. So here we are, season one finale, episode 17, goodbye. So it's moving in day for Maggie. She's moving into Gary's apartment but because of the fact that Eddie's living there, he now has to move out. He is going to be moving into Maggie's old apartment and taking the lease on for her. It's also a results day for Maggie. So she goes to the doctors with Gary. As they're sat waiting, you can see how nervous they both are. But when the doctor comes in, he confirms straight away that she's got an all clear and that she's now in remission. Just the relief on Maggie's face and she just starts laughing her ass off. Gary joins in because he can feel the tension just being dragged out the room and it's such a lovely moment. I've never had that situation but damn it is nice to see. So they go back to the apartment and Gary's helping her unbox her stuff and it's at this point she realises that she never thought that she would be the one that would unbox this and it just starts to hit home a little as you see her looking at the record that she played with her dad when she thought she was going to die, and the teddy bear that she got from her brother. And it's just such a lovely moment, knowing that she's all clear, knowing that she's in remission, and she's going to start her new life. Rome has kept in touch with PJ, and has also put him in touch with Maggie, to go through some of the issues that he's been having. He's just calling him to give him an update of what he'll be doing and when he'll be having his sessions with Maggie. Due to the success of the restaurant and the fact that Rome is doing really well with this script, Gina and Rome decide to go and get a new car. While they're in the dealership, they sit in a people carrier. They've been looking at a sports car all day, but are now sat in this people carrier. Rome keeps looking over at the family in a very similar car to them, and he just keeps imagining. He tells Gina that he's thinking about whether they should have kids. Not technically having a baby, but maybe just have kids, for instance, fostering, just to raise a human. Gina tells him that she's worried about him, and this would be a massive commitment, and with everything that's been going on between them over the last year, that maybe this isn't the time to be discussing this. At the end of the episode, she tells him that she doesn't want to have kids. Catherine and Eddie are together, and they're about to tell Theo about what's going on with the divorce. But Catherine confesses that when Eddie was there the other night, she wanted him to kiss her so bad. And he admits that he wishes he had. And it's here that they end up kissing with Theo in the next room. After this moment of madness, they stop and try to establish what the hell's going on. And it's here that Catherine admits that she didn't file the paperwork for their divorce. So technically they're not divorced. So maybe they can try again. Later, Catherine's at work. So they make plans to have dinner that night, all the family together. Catherine is confronted by Hunter because he believes she is letting his promotion affect her work. But she tells him that actually, if it wasn't for her turning down the promotion, he would never be partner right now. And the reason that she turned it down is so she can go off and have dinner like she's going to do right now with her family. Dee is in her final four weeks of pregnancy and she's asked Gina if she'll be in the delivery room with her. And obviously this has upset Eddie a little bit due to the fact that it's his baby. 
but again, they're still trying to keep up the pretense. Sophie shows Gary the picture of the woman that came to the house, Emma, and he recognises her straight away and says, that's Mrs Nelson, that's the woman I went to speak to, that's Barbara Morgan, and now he wants answers, but details him just to let it go, she just wants to move on from the whole affair. We see Dee go to visit Barbara Morgan, and it turns out that Barbara was involved with an old friend of John's from college, and and she ended up getting pregnant by him. So we keep getting flashbacks of things that have happened during John's life in airports. And in one case, it's him and the boys going away to the Stanley Cup to watch the Bruins play. But they get caught up in the O'Hare airport in Chicago. And we see that they end up getting delayed. And they end up getting some toy hockey sticks from one of the airport shops. And just playing hockey in the airport. And just having a a fun time together before they have to rush off and make their flight. But then within this flashback, we see that John's making a call and you think it's to one of the guys and that he's missed his flight. He runs up to the window and tells them to look out. And at that point, it's a face we don't recognise. It turns out to be his friend Dave, the guy he knew from college. And this is where Dee learns that his friend Dave was on a flight was on a flight from Boston to New York on the eleventh of September two thousand and one. So John felt guilty all this time because he thought he should be on that flight and he survived because he never made it. And Dave didn't. But this is where he met a woman named Sophie, which ended up being the name of his daughter. So a while later, he meets up with Barbara in an airport again. And as he's talking to her, she's heavily pregnant and she just tells him to leave it. She met a first responder on the day that the world changed. And... They got together, it was very quick, but John feels hurt by this because she should be doing more for Dave, she should be doing more to honour him, and she tells John that she's living her life to honour Dave. So the first responder that she met is the man called Mitch, who she is now married to, and has been married to for a long time, and helped raise her son. And the son believes that Mitch is his biological father. And this is why John is the way that he is. That he tries to help everybody and he tries to save everybody. And he didn't let anyone save him. On the same day that he met Barbara Morgan at the airport, he walked away dejected and was ready to board a flight. But went to the airport bar and he sat next to a very beautiful woman a French woman that was flying back to France that day. And of course, that was Dee. And this is how they both met. This was their origin story. Dee tells this to Maggie and Gary. And Maggie understands 100% because she's seen this kind of trauma before, being the therapist that she is. But Gary doesn't. 
it doesn't make him feel any better. Because he wanted to help John the way that John had helped him. A while later we see that Dee goes into labour. And Gina has to go and get her. And this cuts off the conversation between her and Rome while in the cars about having children. Maggie tells Gary that she believes that the reason that he saved her was because he couldn't save John. He realises she's right and he visits John's grave and he tells He tells them all about Maggie and how much he would have loved her and how great she is. And then he says goodbye. Dee gets rushed into Dee gets rushed into the maternity ward at around the same time that Catherine is making food for her, Theo and Eddie. But Eddie just calls her and asks her to come outside. When she does, he's sat in his car and he tells her, I've got something to tell you. And the final reveal of the series is we see that PJ is sat at home watching a video and it's the video of John that he sent to Barbara Morgan. PJ is PJ Morgan, Barbara and Dave's son. So that's it. That's the end of A Million Little Things Season 1. And what can I say about it that I haven't already said? What a series what season it's been um and i mean i don't know if you can tell a little bit i got choked up within that episode i know it's there um but yeah it was it was very difficult to talk about but i'm pleased that i've had this journey and we'll continue to have this journey going forward. Um, you know, I can be a quite sensitive person when I'm just in my own head and thinking about things. And this this series really gets to me. Um. It's emotional, it's hard-hitting, it makes you think. It's got an incredible diverse cast. It's got a lot of similar storylines to a lot of other shows. But the way it's written and the way it integrates all the types of storylines, it just makes me... It just makes me think, and it makes me happy. And it's definitely one of those shows that I could watch over and over again. I mean, like, now I'm watching it for this. I've watched this season once before, and I just... It gets me. Um, another series I'm going to be covering later on is The Newsroom, probably in the next couple of weeks. And that's another one. That gets me. It gives me goosebumps. Even talking about it gives me goosebumps. And... I mean, fuck me. 
the amount of times that I've felt like I'm going to break down during watching this. It's astounding. It really is. I really hope that if you are listening to this, you appreciate how good the series is. And you watch the minutiae of the stories that are interwoven. It's really clever. And it's really well written. And, you know, the story at the end with PJ being the son of John's friend who died in 9-11 and that's the reason John's the way that he is that he's just trying to look after everyone but in the end he can't look after everyone and that kicks off the events of the whole series that he kills himself I mean incredible for me that Every episode leaves you with something to hold on to. And the other thing about this is, it's about hope, it's about love, it's about caring for people around you. And I think there's not enough of that in this world at the minute. And I think a series like this shows that Yeah, there are conflicts. Yeah, there are issues, but things can be worked past. Things can be gotten over with time, but nothing's insurmountable. It's a positive show, even though it deals with such heavy subjects. You're going to hear me say it a lot more, but I fucking love this show. And I hope you do too. So let me know. Let me know what you think. Well, that's all for now, amigos. If you manage to make it to the end of my ramblings, Thank you. And if you want to rate, share, subscribe, comment, it's all appreciated. Until next time.